What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Reserves Radio. Alex, are you ready? How's it going, guys? How's it going? I mean, it's the decisive week, isn't it, for most of us and our listeners? Yep. So, it's what last do week you have as a perennial loser in the playoffs? What advice do you have for people to lose in the first round of the playoffs? It's better not to make it than to make it with full of hope and lose round one. This guy. So I guess I'm just I'm just okay losing to you this week. No, I'm not even going on. No, no, no. See, see, I'm, I'm well. It wasn't really a wholesome moment. I'm I'm trying to give you a platform. I'm trying to give you a runway as someone who is perennially in the playoffs and. Dynasty and, well, redraft is probably my thing. But as someone who is perennially in the playoffs in Dynasty, what advice do you have for players about to enter the playoffs? Uh, Limit your choices as much as possible. To me, that's what always does me in. It's that I have way too many options. And when the playoffs come... It's just, it's just impossible, and you're gonna get, you're gonna beat yourself over it, because just one bad choice and you're out of the playoffs. And just embrace that this is full of randomness. Like when you get to the playoffs, I, to me, it's seventy percent luck. It's just how well you perform. It's just there's no room for maneuver here. It's if one of your studs lays a dud. That's just fate. <laughs> There's nothing else to it. That's just bad luck to try again next year. And as someone who's been trying for, what, five, six years? There's always next year. Guys, <laughs> always next year. There's always next year. That last year, that is. That is the man type of. Who has been beat down. Yeah, that is the type of uplifting comment that people want to hear, isn't it? There's always next year. <sighs> so, so how do you, you think... feel? How do you feel? And I'll, I guess I'll put this question to you. You're someone who's perennially not in the playoffs in a dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> What's your advice to people who are just out of it? What do you do with all this free time now? <laughs> this guy, oh my god, what do you do? Well, generally speaking, you do some preliminary college scouting. You, you know, obviously the big time for you is the combine, because then you can at least get a insight on some of the athletic scores for some of these prospects, like Nabbers, like Marvin Harrison Jr., just to name the big wide receivers. And honestly, you want you want to know a low-key advice if you haven't already done it. What? Okay, if you know you're out of the playoffs and your league uses max um max points for yes. Cut anyone who can add to those points. Especially if you can't trade them like I'm not talking about cutting, like, if you have Justin Jefferson. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you have someone like 
God, I'm trying. I'm struggling. Like Devin Singletary, who you don't think is going to be getting as much opportunity. That was probably a bad example because Devin Singletary has been going off. But someone of that ilk, like you have a second string, a third string running back. Maybe he gets some opportunities and increases your max points for. If you can't get a deal for that guy to a playoff contender, then you need to cut bay with them. I, I promise you the difference between like the 102 and the 103 is bigger than any any value you would get out of that guy. Here I was just about to cut Justin Jefferson, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have Justin Jefferson in any leagues. I do. No, I was about to cut Jamar Chase in our main league. After, <laughs> there you go. After our infamous matchup that is about to come up. 14-0 you are. How do you feel about that? It's like it's the first... Like, uh, it's the first time in quite a while in which you have a realistic chance of putting that to bed. So, for those of you who don't know, me and Angelo have been playing together in this league for, I don't know, six years, seven years, something like that. 2016, 2017. So, it's going on seven. And we have been in the same division ever since. We've even had a, a division, like, shuffle. And luck of the draw just kept us both in the same division. And he has never beat me in a single divisional matchup. Plus, I'm not sure if we faced in the playoffs ever. Probably not, because then you would have a win. Um, But how do you feel about being finally in a position to end it? Because you're currently projected to win. 117.5 to 113.34. So honestly, like when I honestly never think about it, if if I'm being real with you, never, never, even like when I lost all those. So like when I had a better team and I was losing those games, I didn't think, you know, I'd never be in you. Oh. It's it's not I, I guess I guess when you blow up your team, like everything just gets cleansed, like everything before you just like try to erase that from your mind. So, that is like, fair, maybe yeah. I'm 0-14 or 0-13 against you, but I feel like I'm 0-0, if that makes sense. The new you is 1-1. One one. The new you. Is 0-0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... Uh, I'm kind of not sure if I if I have any chance. Uh, of course I have a chance. Like, I always have a chance, I guess. But, I mean, there's just way too many decisions right now for me. Uh, and I just know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess one up. There's, like, there's one. Uh, the one that I, I'm, like, 99% sure that is going to happen is that I'm going to start Jake Browning this week. And Joe Flacco is going to have a great game. So here's here's the thing. you're. It's not like you're deciding. Bet- so here's something weird. Because the reason that you normally have this problem is because you have a lot of really good players. Like, I'll use my quarterback situation. I'm deciding between Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. That's the number two and number three quarterbacks in fantasy. Normally, when you're deciding between two people who have performed that well, no matter what you get, it's usually pretty good. You, on the other hand, can have, like, a top... 10 producing player or two top 10 producing players and one of them will score like five points and the other one will score like 35 points. it's it's actually really weird 
Yeah, the one who I don't start always scores. Massive points. But, but I guess my, I guess any advice I would have for the playoffs is don't overthink your lineup. Like I understand you're in a situation where you're picking between Jake Browning, Joe Flacco, Tommy DeVito, and Zach Wilson. That's not exactly like lighting the world on fire. But it's just picking your poison right now. But if you have studs, even if you have a lot of studs, pick the guys that you have the most faith in and lose. If you're going to lose, lose on that accord. That's the advice I would give someone. Yeah. In my situation, like I have, as you mentioned, I have all, all because of it those. Seems like, I don't know why, but it seems like you like stew over those like missed calls a lot more than I do. Yeah. And I think it's just because I have more option options. And that's usually what happens every single year. Mm-hmm. And it's I at this point all I can do is just call it either bad luck or just a curse or something because <laughs> it's not even sometimes it's not even the bad choices sometimes I make the perfect choices but then there's a guy who just completely bottoms out and does nothing or he goes out early for an injury or something I mean just this season alone I haven't even reached the playoffs and I've had like I don't know three or four play, uh, three or four matchups in which they were decided by minimal things and just things that are completely like either injuries, a fumble before the player got hurt, all of those things would just pick at the last second, like all of those things that are really like out of your hands and you really can't control. And it's just, it's just bad luck. But in this case, as you mentioned, I have a choice between these four guys. I wouldn't really say the veto of Zach or Zach Wilson are in this equation. So if they do end up being the highest scoring QB on my bench, I won't really be mad because that's just, yeah. it wasn't an option. Um, now, I am pretty sure that one of Flacco or Browning is going to have a great game, to be honest. I just have this this gut feeling that one of them will score 20 plus points. And I am pretty sure I'm going to get it wrong. And here's, and you, you mentioned the like, single point losses here's something you can take solace and anyone who's had sorry anyone who's had bad matchup luck can take solace and that doesn't happen that often so if it happens to you five times in a season does it suck absolutely but is it likely to continue happening like year over year no it's not it's just it's just a bad year it's just a bad year. This is just the sixth bad year in a row. <laughs> this guy. It's it's really not though. You've been a top this is the only year you're not a top three seed. Yes. And I'm still like the thing is, I'm still top four in points. Yeah. <laughs> in the league. I'm like what? I am seventy points away from being first. Yep. Roughly. And you could miss the playoffs. And, yeah, and I can miss the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure even if I win, it's it's tough right now because there's a whole lot that needs to happen. Uh, How so would you I've gone feel the... about... Because I'm pretty sure that would be the first time that you've gotten last place in the division. How would that make you feel? I mean, that's just peak my team, I guess. I'm not even shocked with anything right now. It's just, it's just 
I don't know. I don't even have the words for it. I don't even have the words. It's, it's as it's as like this was the season in which my team showed me what they can really do when things go south. It's just like middle finger <laughs> but... to me, like absolute Stop. middle finger. Uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> plus the amount of injuries that I've had to deal with. Yeah, it's you, just you, come on now. You, yeah, that is true. That is guys true. are just falling off like flies i mean i make a trade for a tight end because my first tight end is garbage kyle pitts i made a trade for darren waller darren waller goes out then i trade away kyle pitts i get mark andrews mark andrews goes out and then now i'm stuck with tucker craft i guess yep. that's a thing now <laughs> and not, not to even mention like every other thing like the anthony richardson injury uh, Kenneth Walker being out for a while, Derrick Henry uh, having his off games, yeah. just way too many stuff. But I guess that's fantasy football, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In the so, end of the day, that's just it. So, do you think because around this time of year, there are these players that just go absolutely bonkers these last like three weeks or these last these next like three weeks and they like win either win someone a lot of money win someone a fantasy league who do you think could be that player or player uh, it could be someone might... obvious it could be someone not obvious I'm, I'm just curious who you think might go off this might be um a bit biased i guess mm-hmm. but i really think alvin Kamara is about to have just two or three like massive games like, he faces Carolina this week, which is one of the worst I'm pretty running sure defenses in the league. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, I think they are, like, close to with the the, the, the Bengals, who aren't really that good as well versus the run. Um, but, yeah, the Carolina is the worst team versus the run. Then they face the Giants, who are just not a good defensive team this year. Then they go at the Rams, which might be a high-scoring game. They might be behind, and then it's just... Perfect Alvin Kamara dump offs. I really think he's about to have a massive stretch here. And I, I guess you want other to hear than something that, crazy. I think it's Olave as well. You want to hear something crazy? What? Alvin Kamara missed the first three weeks. He's the top five. Yeah, I know. Back in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on an absolute tear. I'm just glad I traded for him. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> I mean, I take from you trade for him, but <laughs> you then traded him here. Mm. Yeah, but there's like just not that there's gonna be. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Plus, Metcalf has did have a pretty good game. It's like Metcalf was waiting another. to get off your team. It was it was really weird. You did get some like bad games from him, and I'm hoping you get another one this week. I can only recall one: the San Francisco um, game, and he had nine targets. Yeah, he had nine targets, so it isn't yeah, like you, the, yeah. You you know who we will face this week? San Francisco. I'm just hoping that I'm just hoping. <laughs> You're hoping and to another one. Which, I mean, this player usually just goes off on December. It's Derrick Henry. Like, he's hurt. 
I'm not sure how. It's hurt. But... First, they were saying concussion. Now, is like not in concussion protocol and never was, apparently. Um, it's never good when, like, they can't get their story straight of the tale they want to tell. <laughs> I mean, Vrabel was pretty adamant that he was not in the protocol. Like, that was reported by Schefter. Uh, but, I mean, Mike Vrabel has been pretty adamant that he wasn't. So, I'm not sure who to believe, I guess, the head coach. But, I mean, it's just, historically, he usually has good games versus Houston. And he faces Houston twice in the next four weeks. Plus, it's just, I mean, it's December Henry. So, he usually just churns along in this in these weeks. So, I think he's a good candidate to just go off. And, I mean, even though he has been having a pretty bad year for his standards, I mean, he's still running back seven on the year. You know, which who, is nuts. You know who? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. If you've had the Dallas offense in any like regards, you have you have pretty much eaten the last like five six weeks. Oh, so, for sure. Looking at who they have left: Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Washington. All those teams can either put up points or has an atrocious defense. In the case of Washington. I think I think you could see C.D. Lamb finish the season super strong. Dak Prescott finish the season super strong. Ferguson, Pollard. I, I think the Dallas. I think the Dallas offense is going to be very very pivotal in the playoffs. That that's my take. I mean, Ferguson even went off for the Eagles, I believe. Didn't he have like yeah he had his second no his best game of the season was versus the Eagles was it really? in the first phase. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, ten, 10 targets. targets, seven catches, ninety-one yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So I I do agree. It's just like I think it's just those two. I I guess Brandon Cooks has been pretty under the radar, and he's been doing well, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's been a wide receiver too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since the bye, he has at four. Uh, this is PPR points: fourteen point two, one point seven. That's a dud. Then 32.3, 7.2, 17.2, Yeah, I'm wrong about the wide receiver too. But yes, since we, since the bye, he's had some pretty decent games. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. And pretty under the radar, I guess. I mean, he started pretty rough. Like, yeah. first six games, he missed one of them and had, like, only one game over 10 points. The rest, he, he managed to score... Like his best was like five point seven, pretty bad. But since the buy, I mean, the whole offense since the buy has been looking pretty good, and I guess it's just that playing better, plus their competition, I guess, or the secondaries that they've played aren't like the greatest. So yeah, I do think that Dallas is is a solid stack, and you have like what you have the. Back, you have CD, you have Ferguson, and you have still CD. have. I tried to get CD uh, no, no. before he went off. Yeah, it, I tried so hard, I couldn't. Yeah, it's hard because the owner who has CD in our league isn't the most responsive guy. So. Yeah, so he's already gone off. He's we're. I've already heard people talking about CD being in the AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase cheer, and I'm just like, well, there goes that. <laughs> there goes that. Yeah. Do you agree with that though? 
because there was when the season started, he was having like not a great year, not a bad year either, but a rough year, I guess, for his standards. And now, so, I mean, he's been amazing, and people have come around on him. What do you think of that? I, I is think, he solidly in like that top five? Guys? I think the wide receiver tiers aren't as um, solidified as you think they are. I think that. <clears throat> I think that if you're a good wide receiver, you're just waiting. Like, if you're a number one wide receiver on your team, you are just essentially just in the wings waiting to go off so that you can elevate into that tier with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, essentially. A.J. Brown's done it. C.D. Lamb's done it. If you want some people who aren't in the tier who could be in the tier, not this year, but in the future, I think Drake London could have a season and he could be catapulted easily into that tier. I think if Devontae Smith ever got on his own team, he could be catapulted into that team. Like I, that's that's a discussion I don't think we have about the wide receivers as far as how we tier them, because we tier them based on like how they're performing in the now. It feels like, and it's just if you're up there with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, it's because Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase consistently perform. That's... I do have an interesting, I guess, interesting take here. Because I do have this guy's like I do have a pretty solid top six uh wide receiver ranking mm-hmm. for Dynasty or even redraft, I think it doesn't really matter. Okay. But it's it's I guess you can like put a tear break here, but it's those guys are the top six to me, and I don't think it changes anytime soon, at least during the season. I don't expect anything to. Uh, during the offseason, maybe maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. can jump here because of the rookie hype. But it's, yeah, it's I think Chase Marvin... it's Jefferson. Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry. I think if Marvin Harrison has like a Justin Jefferson 1,000-yard year, he'll be in that tier regardless of what else happens. But go on. Yeah, but even as a as a rookie, like as soon as he gets drafted, and I think he gets drafted top three in the draft, as soon as he goes, I think the hype will just put him... Definitely top 10. I'm not sure if it rises even more than that before he takes a snap, but I'm pretty adamant. Let's do something interesting. Okay. I'm going to keep trade cut. I'm going to see what what an early first is, and you can assume that he'll probably be just as high, if not higher, because he's the 101. I think you can put actually the 101 there right now. You can? Okay, well then I'll but while you do yeah. that, I'll just stand the, the top six. I think it's Chase Jefferson. I think it's A.J. Brown and CD. And then one that you didn't mention, but I'm on Ross St. Brown. And then you put Tyreek Hill. Because even with his age, you sort of like the only concern here is the longevity of it. I'm not sure how long he will still play. There has been talks that he, he will retire at the end of this deal. I am not sure that is the case. But I mean, production alone. That's just like that's a guaranteed twenty to thirty points every single week, and you just can't really compete with that. So it's definitely six in that tier, but I have that six. Those six guys, I'm not sure they will move anytime soon. Okay, so the rankings have an early first. I'm trying to put it the 101 into the trade calculator and see what it exists. Well, no, it still is only an early first. Oh, okay, it doesn't so, let you? I thought it did. No. No. So, right now, 
an early first on keep trade cut is below only these wide receivers. Are you ready? Yes. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, obviously. Yes. C.D. Lamb is now the wide receiver three. That's interesting. Amon Ross St. Brown. A.J. Brown is below Amon Ross St. Brown right now. This is this is just how this is just how you can tell like the wide receiver rankings are just based on who's going off, especially in a crowdsource like Keep Trade Cut. So anyway, I mean, Justin Jefferson, I'm... Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Sun God, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Garrett Wilson, and then it's an early first. Yeah, um, I guess Garrett Wilson. I'd, I'm not sure if I would have had Garrett Wilson's kind of overrated. For, for, for the performance that he gives you, the productivity that he gives you, I think he's a little bit overrated. I, in fact, I'll even say it. I think Chris Olave, for the production that Chris Olave gives you, is more valuable than Garrett Wilson. Uh... I guess I just think we are just mu- it's just a muddy situation here because if you're telling me that Garen Wilson gets an actual QB and not like this revolving door of guys that he's been getting, then you're telling me that even with all of this going on around him, he has still been like a decent guy. Like, yeah, it's been great, but um, I can check right now. But yeah, I mean, you're still putting up double digit points in most weeks. And this is a revolving door of guys, and he's wide receiver 23. So at some point, you have to say, okay, he's not producing. He needs to go down. Uh, but I guess if there's one guy you shouldn't be downgraded because of it, it's Garrett Wilson, due to the what he has had to work with QB-wise. While Olave has had pretty much a dream scenario there with Carr, who just hyper-targets his number one usually, and with Winston, who's coming in when Kari hurt and he's just a gunslinger. Like, I think if Garrett Wilson had those guys, he would put up similar production production to Olave. That said, I'm not sure if I wouldn't rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. And I'd rather re-roll. have Marvin Harrison Jr. over them both. Yeah, because then you're like, especially when you know where he goes. Like, if you're telling me he goes early, and I think he does go, like, top three... For example, if he goes to the Cardinals, like I am pretty sad on taking Marvin Harrison Jr. over Garrett Wilson. Now, if he goes to the Bears with Justin Fields, and they are like, okay, we'll give him another year, which I think it's like franchise outside. I I do want to talk about some, because once again, Keep Trade Cut is just a crowdsourced Mm -hmm. website. Do you know how high C.D. Lamb is right now? I mean, I gotta believe he's top eight, like overall. If he's top I'm three, super at plus? Receiver. Oh no, no, no I was, I was saying standard, yeah. He's number standard three. Three overall, yeah. So the top three are just all wide receiver, which sort of makes sense when you think about it. That's when, crazy. Because not only is the movement going more towards the wide receiver, which I always said that should be the way to go. Uh, not only is it going more towards the wide receiver, but you also don't have like that superstar running back who's super young, like Bijan. I guess that's that's what you can you can hang your hat on. But even his production hasn't been great, so you're that's sort of Falcons. like 
That's because yes. Falcons. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and this year's class doesn't really have that ma- that many running backs who are like highly touted. So I wouldn't even be shocked if soon enough the top five are wide receivers because Marvin Harrison Jr. will enter that conversation soon enough. And then it's just like one of these young guys will just take the rise even further. The only good thing about the Falcons being in the playoffs as of right now over the Saints is they won't have another top 10 pick to waste more talent. Yeah. And they will have probably, uh, and not only that, but they will also probably have a pick that is high enough to draft a QB due to how loaded this draft class is at QB. Mm-hmm. So it's not all that bad that they make the playoffs, I guess. I think they're going to trade up. I think after watching this season, they're going to get desperate for a quarterback. I think they're trading up. Mm. I think it's... I'm not sure if they trade up, though. They don't not strike the me as here's... the team who trades up. You know who You know who is, who is going to be? Who? It's going to be the freaking Bears again. I've seen some trades involving the Bears, and it's like they move off of first... To allow someone to here's the thing. even if even if the even if you accept that they're not in on Justin Fields and they need a quarterback, they still have another top five pick. <laughs> like, how will they though? How how will they what though? They have they have two top five picks. They can pick a quarterback with one, trade the other one away, get more picks, and then try and repeat the cycle. Will they finish with two top yes. five picks? Though? Yes. Hmm. I'm not so sure, to be honest. Are you saying the Bears are about to start winning football games? Uh, I just think they are not the worst team in the league. Well, that's okay, because they have the Panthers first, and the Panthers are the worst team in the league. Yeah, but it's like, okay, so they are not worse than the Panthers right now. That's established. Are they worse than the Patriots? No, I, I I can confidently say that. No. Yeah, they are not worse than the Patriots. Uh, and then it's now just you're like gonna, now you're gonna run are, out. There's like one other team I'm confident saying they're worse than, and that's it. Giants, the Giants. It's the Giants, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. it. But then it's like okay, offensively they're not, um, they are not better than the Commanders, for example. And I don't think overall they are a better team than the Commanders, but I think the Commanders have a tougher schedule to end the season. So I'm not sure if they don't win more games than the Commanders right now. And if I'm saying that, then it's like, okay, they are five. And then you have, I don't know, you have the Cardinals who are currently ahead of them. Alex. You have the Jets. Alex. Coaches have been fired for not tanking. Just just trust me. The Bears Bears will have a top five. Yeah, and you know who was fired for winning the last game of the season? Oh, you're going Love- back to Lovey. Go on. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. The gift that kept on giving to the Bears. And, I mean, I understand when coaches do that, and I know fans will get pissed off, but it's like you sort of need to, You know you're going to get fired, but you sort of... Show, you need to show something from you to at least give a future team something to ponder about you. That's like, you're just not going to roll over. 
because the team won't care about you, the the team that so, you're currently on. So here's the thing. Lovey Smith did that. Does Lovey Smith have a head coaching job right now? Not right now, but uh, no, it's hard to get a head coaching job after going like 1 and 16. Here's the more important thing. And 15. Because you can you can you can excuse away the 1 and 16 because you can just say the roster was bad, you know, I was set up to fail. You know, I've been here here and here and here here and here i've set up you know successful schemes what you can't convince an owner of is that i can play because here's the thing owners at the end of the day are are big egoed people they they don't like to be told like what to do how to do and they want you to stay in line lovey smith proved he can't stay in line when he did that because everyone and their mom knew the bears wanted to tank that game and he won that game and I think that I think that's going to cost him a future head coaching job, but I could be wrong. I currently don't think the Bears will have two top five pairs. I don't. For the record, I don't think it's right. I just think that's the way it is. Like the owners want someone who can play ball. They want yeah. they want someone who can be basically an arm extension of themselves. Yeah, and I agree with that. But I'm not sure if like if he were flus at least gets a competent defense out there. Like they have been against the run. I am not sure if that doesn't guarantee that like in a year or two, you will at least get consideration to get a, to getting a defensive coordinator gig. While if he just lays down and gets trampled and his defense gets trampled, I mean, he doesn't even have that to hang his, his hat on. So Yeah. Okay, but we have sort of glanced over the news, and there were quite a bit of news. There is. And I guess, I guess we need to talk about those. So to start, thank Dell, the rookie sensation from the Houston Texans. Injured, uh, just broke his fibula, if I'm not mistaken. And he's heading good. to, yeah, yeah, and he's already in on injured reserve. So how does that impact the Texans' defense in your mind? Uh, offense, the in defense? Your mind. It doesn't impact it at all. <laughs> the offense in your mind. It doesn't impact it at all. Um, to be fair, CJ Stroud has looked amazing no matter who's out there. Like Tank was Tank Dell did Tank Dell look good? Absolutely. But he's also made Nico Collins look good. He's also made Noah Brown look good. So no. No, it it appears like C.J. Stroud is just able to take whoever they trout out there and make them look good. He can can place the ball where only they can get it. Go on. Okay, but Tank Dell has sort of been their, like, number one weapon. And we have known that he he can operate without a few of his weapons. We have seen him operate without Schultz. We've seen him operate without Nico Collins. We haven't real. There's like one game. Oh, come on! Don't that brown there. There's like <laughs> one, one game in which Tankdale didn't play, which for which was versus the um, the Saints back in week six. He didn't play there, and he didn't play like most of the game versus Atlanta. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the Atlanta game, yeah. That's it. Atlanta game and the New Orleans game was two of his worst games as a pro. 
Are you saying that CJ Stroud is about to finish the year weak? I mean, I can tell you right now that I don't think he will have a pretty good week versus the Jets. I can tell you right now that I also think he will struggle versus the, the Cleveland Browns. So then you have, then you have like two weeks versus Tennessee, and then it's at Indianapolis. I'm not saying that he will look like a bad player. But I can tell you right now that I think the whole Stroud for MVP campaign that was was having some rumbles a few weeks a few weeks ago won't have any by the time we we get out of Cleveland on week sixteen. Really? Yeah, I think so at least. I think if you he, he struggles versus the Jets, I mean, better QBs have struggled versus the Jets, especially for fantasy. Uh, for example, I believe Mahomes didn't have that great of a game versus the Jets. Um, he had, yeah, it was the game in which he had two picks plus a fumble, if I'm not mistaken. So he had like 14.25 points versus the Jets. I mean, the Jets are just a good defense. And now he loses Tank Dell, who was his main weapon so far. So I think he struggles this week. Then he's at Tennessee and then he struggles versus Cleveland as well. And you don't think this impacts him at all? No. No? No. Hmm. I just think it's a bigger loss. Thank that. And I I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to say this earlier in the season. But I think Tankdell is a bigger loss than Nico Collins. Sir. I mean, Tankdale has played amazing for CJ, yes. especially over the last few weeks. He seems to, like Nico. When you think about Tankdale and Nico Collins, who do you think is like just top of your mind? Who do you think is the deep threat between the two guys? Mm, probably Nico Collins because he's bigger. Yeah, really. I I add it the other way, but yeah, Nico Collins is is usually the one who goes. On the, the deeper rounds. And Tank Val uh, is on the shorter stuff. And it seems like it's just his safety valve. It just goes to Tank Val. Yeah, Bell he has the Amon Ross St. Brown role. Yeah, like the offensive line isn't great. Uh, so when they are not holding up, he'll just dump it to Tank Val. And when they do hold up, so I guess he, he has more time is, to read Nico Collins. So then I guess the question is. If whoever they put in that spot, whether it be Noah Brown, whether it be Nico Collins, whoever they put in that Tank Dell role, the underneath stuff, do you think it was Tank Dell who made that role work? Or do you think that it'll just remain the same because it was the role and maybe not necessarily the player? Because I'm leaning more on that. I, I, I Maybe I'm giving too much credit to CJ Stroud, but I think whoever they put down there is going to perform well. No, I think the other way around works much better. I think if it was Nico Collins going down, and we have seen this, uh, if it was Nico Collins going down, I think that's a much easier to replace role. And they have the personnel for that. Uh, while yeah, replacing Tank Dell, yeah, just put no around there. And I think Tank Dell, it's, it's harder to replace right now, at least to yeah, me. Especially because they might be without... Uh, I haven't checked any of his updates yet. What, but they might Schultz? be without Schultz, yeah. Uh, no, he was back at practice this week. So Schultz could take some of the intermediate stuff. Yeah. 
and help alleviate the pressure. I still think it's a major loss to lose Tank Dell. And I was pretty adamant that Tank Dell would be like nothing uh, in the NFL. And I was wrong. Tank Dell is a pretty good player. So safe recovers to him. And we'll see how this Texans offense looks going forward. Another news. Zach Wilson is back. I'm surprised that Zach agreed to come back as the starter. Because I'm assuming that's what had to happen. Welcome in, Zach. Welcome in. You know. So are, are you ready to um you ready for the, the dead horse to get beat down again? Yeah, like as I said in the fantasy and the the football show, I really didn't want him to come back. In part because I didn't want to have to defend any more of his play. Um, <laughs> those weeks in which uh, he didn't play were pretty good to me. Because I get a lot of flack whenever he plays bad. Not so much this year. Because now you have... It was more when Justin Fields was producing in fantasy. Now that it has been sort of meh. It's, it's not as much. Uh, and also for the kid, I mean, I think he has gone through enough in New York, and I've seen plenty of of media personalities criticizing him. Not so much in like the big shows, but like in the in the fantasy shows and so on, like those guys from the the fantasy world. I've seen plenty of guys criticizing him who weren't that big of a fan from him. So I guess him saying that he's not going to play. And he didn't really say that. It was more more of a report. But the simple report of it uh, made it so it was a an easy joke to make and a, like, a good punchline for him. I don't know. Like He doesn't have the worst matchups right now. Uh, Houston has been okay for the QB. Derek Stingley has been playing great. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't think their defense is... is awesome or anything that they have at Miami then they face Washington so he has a few good games but then he finishes the year at New England so you just know he will just get destroyed I don't know I <laughs> I was hoping he wouldn't come back but now that he's back I gotta support him he's my guy your guy he's my guy he oh, won't start for me this week though he won't start for Oh, that's fair. <laughs> so what I'm... is so let's say someone is going through a similar situation as you because I'm assuming their teams whether you had Joe Burrow or you had one of the Kirk Cousins any of the myriad of quarterbacks who seem like they went down this year if you're deciding between people like Jake Browning like Joe Flacco like Zach Wilson like what is your mindset as far as evaluating how good of a game they each one could have i guess you don't really have much to go on it's just like who do you think will have the bigger boom week and who has the easier matchup and that's why i'm struggling uh between uh, flacco and browning because like flacco is usually just a gunslinger and his matchup isn't as good in my eyes as browning's but I'm not sure if what I saw from Browning on Monday is a flash in the pan or if it's actually what he is right now. Uh, I think that was much closer to what I saw in Baltimore 
than what he showed last week before the Jags. Uh, what do you think? Did you see any of it? Uh, did you see anything on the radio about Browning? What was the impression? Because what I got away from that game was that, that he, he really looked good. pretty good. Yeah. yeah that okay. That's solid. that's what I thought as well. He played really good. I think. I, I heard some reports and some people on the local radio saying, going as far as saying that Jake Browning basically just just skirt, just ensured he has a second contract and maybe a decent payday with another team, depending. Which I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. We'll see. I do know that like his touchdown to Chase was more of a, a defensive mess up than anything to me at least. Like the defender just made a bad play on the ball, Chase got it and went to the house because that ball should be um, a bit more ahead of Chase to give him an actual chance. But I mean, it worked out in the end. Other than that, I mean, he had a few good throws. He led a few good drives. And he had a solid game. I'm just not sure if Flacco being the gunslinger isn't the best option. That's fair. But yeah, I think it's just you have to look at the matchup. Like the these are all backup QBs. So in the end, I mean it's it's either your guts or you just go by USD's your matchup. One of the two. It's now almost a 50-50 game between the two of us. Nice. It's 115.52 to 117.47. Anyway, in the rest of your leagues, though, how are you doing? Terrible. I know in the one redraft you're doing okay to well. Redraft the is that the only we're... thing I'm doing. I, I right now... If you combined all my redraft leagues, I probably have what is it? Seven and six, seven and six, nine and four. I think that's where I'm at with them. Okay. So I have a positive record at, or maybe it's six and six. Either way, I have a I have a positive record in every redraft league I'm in. In my dynasty leagues, I am <clears throat> five and eight. Four nine, six and seven, four nine, five and twenty-one. Okay, the five and twenty-one, I know which one it is, because I'm also five and twenty-one in that one. So and not good. <laughs> I don't I'm not gonna make a single playoff in Dynasty this year. Not uh, one single one. I think I'm gonna make it in uh the NFFL, thirty two team league. And like a few random leagues that I joined that I have a chance of going into. Uh, like mostly are paid leagues that were paid for. And I knew someone in it. And they just got me in the invite. Mm-hmm. And uh, Redraft, I have like my one big money league that I paid for. And I am 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. That's, the team, that's the league in which I tied. And I'm currently like there's what uh, there's one two three four four teams, no uh yeah four teams with a seven and six record. So and me was six 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 and one. So out of those five teams, there's uh, three playoff spots available, and I am the only. <laughs> 
I can't even get lucky in this. I am the only team who's facing a team with a winning record this week. Out of those teams that need to go in, I face the best team in the league. That's crazy. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I don't have Ramondre. And you don't have Ramondre. Yeah. Who do you think wins this matchup? It is Herbert versus Lamar Jackson. It is Lamar. Jameer. Okay, Jameer Gibbs versus McCaffrey. McCaffrey. ETN versus Eckler. ETN. Okay, so I have one at least. Uh, CD Lamb versus Jefferson. CD Lamb. Amon Ross St. Brown versus Olave. Oh my god. That one is tough, isn't it? It's like right there. Yeah, they both and they both basically play this. Oh my god. I'm gonna go Amon Ra here. Okay, so I have three guys there so far. Uh then it's likely an Njoku. Um Likely usually performs better in the tight end row. So likely. Yeah, and then it's then it goes downhill because then he has Pittman and Hopkins. And I have to start two of Pickens, Godwin, Mango, or Christian Watson who might be out. That's crazy. So <laughs> like the flex one is gonna be hell for me. And yeah, and I'm desperately trying to make the playoffs in the the redraft that we're both in. After starting again, I, I think it was like two and seven or something. I've gone on to win four in a row or something like that. I need to win my last game to have a chance. That's crazy. Yeah. Did I tell you that um Did I tell you that I'm seven and six in a league that I have um C D Lamb, Jamar Chase, TJ Hawkinson? Oh that's that's the league you were trading Olave around or something, wasn't it? That you were either trying to get Olave or did get Olave. No, it's a redraft league, but I I'm just like, Okay. I'm just that's just it's just depressing. <laughs> it's just depressing. Um so are not you a bit of Oh go, go on. on. Go on. Go on, go on. Are you maybe this is jumping the gun, but are you at the point where you are excited for the playoffs or are you already ready for the uh Scouting combine. <laughs> yes, it depends on the league, isn't it? Depends. Like, there's a few leagues in which I'm just ready to get this done with and just jump into the combine. And it might be the case for our main league. That just might be my mood, my mood right now, even with our matchup. I because I have the number two peak overall right now, and I don't think that changes. So I'm sort of because like if I had the one on one, I knew who I would pick. Right now I have no clue. And the combine might make that much easier. 
So here's so, a, here's, here's, I'm here's a silly that. question. Here's the crazy question. Do you regret not trading the 102 to get Patrick Mahomes right now? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. I was just, I was just no. curious. I wasn't sure. No, if there was any regret there, it's because I would have been able to kept Christian Watson. But now he has the hamstring injury, which is another soft tissue injury that he's having. So it's kind of worked out in the end. But no, I don't really think he would have won me any weeks, would he? Like, I, I would have him right now, and it's better to have him than Browning for sure. <laughs> but it's it's like, which weeks would he even have win it for me? Maybe week 11? Not sure how well it did, or if he was even on a buy, it might be. It might be that he was on a buy week eleven. Uh week eleven. Yeah, no. Week eleven, he wouldn't have won me that week. Week ten, he was on a buy, so we definitely wouldn't have won me that week. And eight and nine as well, uh, he wouldn't have won me those. So I really don't think I regret that, to be honest, because okay. like three game weeks in which I needed him, four game weeks in which I needed him. He wouldn't have really done it for me. Hmm. So I don't really think it mattered. Maybe it would have won me week seven. I, I would have to check like every single week how well my team did. Uh, but yeah, I don't regret it, to be honest. I was just curious. And are you going into, because... Let's be real. It's very likely that both our seasons are likely over. Are you going into the off season thinking you're going to move the 102 or make a selection with the 102? Uh, ideally, I would trade back and accumulate some assets. Because in my mind right now, uh, the level of talent takes a dip after Marvin Harrison Jr. And I envision that like from two to eight, like the, there might be teardrops, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like quite a bit of these guys coming on. So ideally move back, maybe move out, but I really need youth, to be honest, because this roster is going way downhill. Uh, ideally, when I get eliminated from the playoffs, it should be soon. Soon. <laughs> it should be this week. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not this week, it's gonna be next. So, like, even if I make it in, it's versus. You don't think you got a chance against Alex Miller? No, uh, it's either Alex Miller or. It's Alex Miller. <laughs> it depends because, uh, like, if there's, I don't know, if there's multiple teams losing. And I, I find myself in a 7-7 tie. I'm never going to be the last team in a 7-7 tie. As long as there's like two teams making the playoffs as a 7-7. Seven seven. I'm never going to be the last because I have more points than anyone. Uh, so unless there's just one team being 7-7, seven seven, then it's Alex Miller, of course. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has it locked. He's the one, the, the first seed. Uh, last time we faced, it went okay-ish. Like, I had a pretty good week. You just had, I believe, the best... No, not the best week of every, any team in the league. But he had, like, 160 points. 
So kind of nothing I can do there. Like I scored 145.5, which in most weeks will be enough to win. I'm not sure if I can win it. I, I do think I have a better team than him. But I, I just know my players won't perform when it's go time. Like he started parking Washington. Really good. He started he's starting Parker Washington. Yeah. <laughs> but he also has Bijan Robinson, Travis Etienne. Okay, here's my hot take because he has like I don't think his team ages well. That's my hot take. Like mm. like next year I think it'll Well but then again he has I don't know. Yeah, I I think he has a few years. I do agree that he probably doesn't age too well, but like I think he has year, like I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong though. I could be so wrong. I think he has like a two year or three year window, but then it falls out real quick if it doesn't make moves. But he usually makes them. So yeah, that's true. I'm not sure if I win, uh, but I know I'm about ready to end the season because when I do, I can move. The thing is, my team doesn't age well at all because most of my assets are aging quick right now. So if I do get eliminated, then I can move off some of them. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> exactly. We'll like, it's looking like a mistake to bring in Stefan Diggs. I'm not going to lie, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Even though he's wide receiver six. <laughs> but I, I guess it's just a matter of like experience. For example, if I had a, if I had him for the 26 points week one versus the Jets, the 36 versus Miami, the 20s that happened there around the... I don't know, Jacksonville and New New York, the Giants, then so, I could be okay with the but I didn't have them for that, so So how do you navigate a team that's getting older? Because obviously like like let's look at some of the older players in your roster. You have Alvin Kamara, you have Stefan Diggs. But you also have you have Aaron Rodgers, sorry, you have Derrick Henry, but you also have younger players like like a Drake London, like a Jaden Rudy, like a Jamar Chase. So how do you navigate moving off older players but not completely like destroying the core of your team? How do you navigate that? Sometimes you just have to be lucky, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it is, because I've, I find myself in a position that I really don't like, which is having a lot of older running backs. As I said during the offseason, I think it's a good time to invest in older backs. But right now I have three running backs. Yeah, I have three running backs over the age of 26. And you just know that every week that goes on, they just lose value. And when the season is over, they take a massive dip. Like if I offer you 30-year-old Derrick Henry in the offseason, you're like, yeah, I don't want this guy. <laughs> so it's 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 gonna be hard, I think, and that's why if I was eliminated from the playoffs, it might help me in the long term because then I can move off of these assets while they're still like relevant in season. Um, but yeah, like I have to find someone who likes these players 
and who's down on the draft class. And eventually those guys come up and there will be deals to be struck. Uh, but I'm not sure if I'm going to enter the season with a team that I absolutely love. That's a concern. Usually I like my value tied in my wide receivers. And right now it's like the guys under, what, 20, 27 uh, are just Chase, Reed, London, and even Reed. You just know that like Reed isn't that superstar guy. He's like an okay guy right now. And then that's it. There's like really, uh, I guess Marvin Mims is more of a project right now. Yeah. Then that's really it. So I need to attack wide receiver quickly. And I need James Cook to have a massive end of season. That's the only way that I really can how can have a good move here. Future, like how many picks do you have? You have okay, so you have two first in this draft. Yeah, I am better set up in terms of picks than I've been in previous years. Like yeah. by this this time, I usually don't have many picks. No, you don't. To write home about? Usually I've bought to try and get yeah. into the play, or try to make a playoff run. Yeah. And now I'm like, I have two firsts, a second this year, then a third and a fourth. And I have three seconds next year. I don't have a first yet. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in a position in which I can make the moves that I usually make. Because uh, for the people who don't know, I usually try to sell off players during the playoffs. I try to be active early in the off season, trying to get a few picks in just to to rejuvenate the core. But now I can do that work for 2025, which is easier. It's easier to get a pick a year in advance, as you know pretty well. I am. I l- listen. I am the master of making sure I have multiple firsts in future drafts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've made you've made a pretty solid roster out of it. Yep. So I just uh, it's time to do that work now. And Dude, focus it's a long freaking process. It is. It is a long road from having nothing. I, I know this firsthand. It is a long road from having like no picks like at all and having a roster you're not happy with and then blowing it up and then acquiring picks, hopefully drafting talent. It is a long process. Yeah. I guess I can also do uh, something different. Mm-hmm. I can roll this here, like minimal moving, and then I can blow it up next year. That's a possibility. Like, I just don't think that I can actually blow it up because I have a lot of talent that is still like young-ish. So eventually, like, I can retool, but I don't think I would be able to fully blow it up like you did. No, and, or... I and if I was you, I wouldn't like. If you're going to blow it up, you completely, then that means you have like no young talent that you think will be good in the next like two, three years. Like, and I didn't, I didn't have, yeah. you know, anything that I, I thought I could hang my head on. So. And there's teams. There's also, this should be mentioned. There's teams who are about to fall off, like who are competing right now and will fall off Yeah, faster than me. But I do think it's easier to be in the situation that you are in, where you have a few young pieces, 
maybe you sell off some older things, get some draft picks, and then, you know, as you would say, get lucky. Yeah. I think some (laughs) of it is just that I'm going to have to take some losses in terms of what I perceive as value. And, you know, I really don't like that. Uh, But at the same time, I think that's necessary because I'm never going to be able to, like, I'm not going to sell all of my old guys, but at the same time, I can't expect to be to be able to move like Derrick Henry for the price that I envision because no. he just doesn't have it. Like, but maybe Kamara is a different it's a different sort of asset because he catches passes. But it's just I think most of my de- my deals might come uh, either really in the draft or just when the season starts because that's when these guys start to get value again. Yeah, you're not wrong. And honestly, if you have a player like Derrick Henry, maybe you see if the Tajay Spears owner will give you, you know, something for him. Yeah. Do you want to give me something for it? I'd consider it. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm the serious. Tajay Spears owner. I am the Tajay Spears owner. You're not wrong. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe after this week. How about that? I consider it. Because the only thing that would that would be worse than losing to you this week is if I lose to you by giving you the winning piece. <laughs> that might be the last stab that I need <laughs> to just blow this thing all up. You're just hanging in by a thread. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is gonna be a fun week, and it's it's probably is it like one of the funniest uh, or like most exciting weeks for you usually on the year, and the leagues that you're competing, or do you never find oh, yeah. yourself in a position to? No, uh, here's the thing. Most of the teams that you're gonna have are either you either know you're in the playoffs or you know you're not in the playoffs. So I don't think for most people this week is very exciting. This week, in fact, I even see some people who, if they know they make the playoffs, will just bench all their good players to give someone a free win. There are people like that. So this week isn't the exciting week. The exciting week is next week when the playoffs start. Because, like, unless you're competing, like, scenarios like our matchup is very, very rare. And if and if it's happening, it's only happening to like one matchup in the entire league. The funniest thing is that, like, our matchup isn't even winning in. It's win if I win, you I don't think you even have a chance. You're like two hundred points off, so you needed to score like I don't know three hundred points, which would be a league record by over a thousand. Uh. No, a hundred, my bad. Not a thousand. <laughs> that would be nuts. Um, but it's, I win and then I need a bunch of things to happen. What do you think, and this is probably common around this time of the year, what do you think of of purposely losing this week in order to get a better matchup next week? Because that's something that is talked about often. And that has happened in the 32-team league last year. And I'll it. tell you what that's happened after that. That's a trap. Okay. I can tell you right now, that's a trap. Okay. <laughs> do you think 
that is like that is okay like it it's not advised to do it because of the trap but it's okay to do or is that like something yeah like that i don't think you... there should be a league rule against it a lot of people run their teams okay the way they want to run their teams okay so you don't call bs on that no, I'm I'm all team petty. I'm I am okay. all team petty. Like if you want to like take your final week to prevent this guy you hate from making the playoffs, do it. Team petty all the way. Okay. okay. Because last year we had Math um Matthew the um, the Denver Broncos owner in the 32 team league. Uh-huh. He had one week. I'm not sure if it was the last week of the season or like the second to last, but he knew he was in basically. And he purposely lost a week in one of the last four weeks. It was something like that. It was the week in which he had the better chance to lose, the two buys and all of that. Um, so he tanked that week because he wanted to have a better playoff matchup, round one. And when he had the playoff matchup, <laughs> he lost that playoff matchup. And he would have won the one uh, that he would have had if he didn't tank that week. So yeah, that term. was poetic justice. Oh, yeah. no. And Do that not led test to fantasy football gods. That's my advice. Don't test them. Yeah. And him losing that game, because in that league last year we did records, not maximal points forward. And him losing um uh, made it so the team that Corey had the first round pick from, that team won one more game and like we have a lottery there. So it's not like if you're the worst record, you get the pick. It's if you're the worst record, you get the the better lottery odds, sort of like the NBA. So, so you're saying that him tanking that game caused a uh, what's it called a a league change, uh, a ruling change, or a a way that we decide the lottery change, basically. Oh no! I wasn't gonna say a rule change. I was gonna say like it started a series of events that eventually got Corey. To not get the one hundred and one, is that is that what uh, you're saying? Probably, yeah, probably because <laughs> then he didn't get it and he had to trade for it. I'm not sure if he would have gotten it if if he had like the better odds from that that loss. But yeah, that that made a, a rule change in the league as well because now we go by maximum points forward to avoid that. But we haven't really said anything about the um, doing what Matthew did. It's still okay to do. <laughs> you actually, I'm not sure if you knew this, but you had a chance at making the playoffs in that yeah. league. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. It, it was like a long shot. Uh, but at, at a point there, you were winning, and then you just needed like one more thing to happen, and you would be in, which is nuts oh, when you think about it. Luke? Yeah. You lost by 0.94. And if I think that is if you had if you had won and the Ravens had lost, you would be in with like the remaining results being what they are. And you know what? Didn't what? lose any sleep on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't even know that it was happening. Nope, didn't even know that it was happening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, the playoffs on Netflix starts this week. And you get the the grudge match. Versus your nemesis. Mark II Law. Mark II Law. <laughs> the random guy that you just started to go off on for no reason. 
Yeah, sometimes you just got to start a, a blood rivalry with someone just out of the blue. Just you know, go for what, it. You don't do that? You don't do that? <laughs> we have a blood rivalry, isn't it? Not out of the blue. Uh, not out of the blue. It's just years of matchups. <laughs> Brewing. Oh. Damn, while we're on the show, <laughs> the projected score for my team just continues to go up. Like every minute that we're in the show, I guess. It'll just make losing that much better. I, in fact, I hope you're the projected winner. Yeah. It started like 114 something, and now it's 116. While well, you have still this. 116? Yeah. <laughs> it's just going it was up. Like 113 at one point, dude. Yeah, it's 116 now. This is like buying a, a stock that is just going to the moon right now. Yeah, before it tanks. Before it tanks. This is just GameStop before things went to crap. I had stock in GameStop. Oh, so, so you could have been in the movie. I watched the movie the other day. Uh, the Money. The movie I about, about so the events. Here's what happened. Are you ready for this? Go. I sold the stock before it even rose. Oh, god damn it, dude. Come on. Yeah. Diamond hands, dude. Diamond hands. I could have had... It was like a hundred, like, stock, too. Oh, my god. I, 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 I don't want to calculate how much money that would have been. Yeah. You're like that guy who, who once paid a pizza with, with Bitcoin. <laughs> before yeah. the bitcoin went up so we paid like i think it was like three no it was ten i believe ten thousand dollars for a pizza um but yeah that, that was a good movie i had a friend who hopped in but he hopped in is like the like peak um wall street bets he hopped in when it was at his highest so it's like great job dude now you just hold it. <laughs> like, I don't think it was at the absolute highest, uh, but I think it was after it reached like 300 something dollars. Then he bought it when he took a dip at 200 something. And then he just sort I of. Told, I told my. I, listen, I told my girlfriend at the time, like, at 200, I would have sold. If, if, I know, if I knew it was going up at 200, if I had those, I would have sold at 200. Yeah. He, he, the thing is that he, he jumped in at 200 after he like because he had had the reach to 300 then he took a dip and the whole Robin Hood thing happened then it yeah. stayed at 200 oh, that, by the way that was bogus they froze those stocks so you couldn't buy them you could only sell them yeah yeah I remember that I, I, I followed that quite a bit as well I mean I think most people followed it um, and I followed it quite a bit so I remember what happened, and they portrayed it pretty well in the movie as well. But yeah, uh, it was after the whole the whole thing happened, and he sort of just was stuck around with two hundred because then he didn't wanna. It's the fear of missing out, isn't it? Like you you oh, bought it yeah. at two hundred, yeah, you bought it at two hundred something dollars, and it's like if it goes up, uh, but then it actually never did so we eventually just sold it at a loss which is peak wall street bets dude peak wall street bets yeah did i tell you that recently on the um 
thing I use to edit, there is an AI to text. So now everything we say on our YouTube videos is like on is subtitled at the bottom. Oh, is it? Yep, everything we say. The AI doesn't get things perfect, especially okay. with your accent and my North Midwest accent, but it gets it pretty close. <laughs> yeah, with my accent, it, it might not be even good. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. AI catching up. Now we're, now we're going to get flagged for talking about Wall Street bats and talking about oh, well. auctions and all of that. <laughs> now we're a, a finance so, show. Did Ren ever get with you, by the way? Uh, I don't think so. We are doing another special. Oh, he, men he mentioned it in the chat. But then yeah. I, uh, I was under the impression that would be in the week that I was out like last week but then he never said anything else so i sort of just didn't knew so we're oh i will give you the show sheet at some point and in fact i'll see if I can send it oh you sent me something of sorts through group me yeah i believe but yeah but it's gonna be on our it's gonna be uploaded on our one year anniversary for yeah. uh which is January 1st. January 1st, okay. And he, Ren wants to record around Christmas if we can. Okay. Uh, that depends when. Is it like prior to Christmas? I hope it's prior to Christmas, right? I'm not sure. If it is on Christmas, I can tell you right now that I can't. Yeah, no, I figured that much. Yeah. That's when... Like Christmas Eve... You, as we talked about in the other show, that's when we celebrate here. And then Christmas is just like, no can do. Yeah. Um, I'll talk uh, about But I know he wants it like to do it that week. Yeah, like that week it's possible. That's like in two weeks. So it's like from the 18th to the 22 if we're talking about weekdays. So yeah. we can just fit it in somewhere. And after we did, so I realized I hadn't seen all the Scream movies. After we did that Halloween special, I actually went through and watched all the Scream movies. They're good, aren't they? Like most, they are. Uh, there's a couple who are like, okay. Have you watched them the... all? First off. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Okay, I have some hot takes. What are your top three? My top three. Okay, so the original, of course, has to be. Yeah, that's my number has one. To be one. Yeah, that's one. that's it. Uh, then I think the one that came out 2022, so not the last one that came out, but the one prior to that. Oh, no. I put that at two. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, it's the new gen. It's, and it, it, it was done pretty well. And, and then I think it's the and then I think it's the fourth one. Uh, the one that came yeah, out in top three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Like the, um, the third one, it's up there. But I, I think the fourth, it's it's a much better movie. Because I think it makes sense that it is that way because of how the franchise operates. So the first one sort of defined the whole, whole genre. It made the formula, yeah. Yes. And then it's like in 2010, they did a take on it. And it's like they are basically giving you the state of state of art, basically, 
where the where the horror movies are going and that i think that's what the screen movies do real really well it's just giving you a context on what's happening in horror and giving you their take on it in a subtle way and then the same thing happened in 2022 so that's why i think those are my three best movies and you seem to agree with me yes i think the I so the 2022 one especially like at the end like when you just saw the title like for Wes or thank you it was something it was the, the 2022 movie was basically like a love letter to Wes Craven after he had passed and and I and I yeah. thought the plot of it was done beautifully the way they executed that was done beautifully I just dropped the portuguese word in here what <laughs> I, I, instead of saying yes, I said "see," which is oh. Portuguese for yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. That was that was a, a good love letter for him. But yeah, I think two and three honestly were the worst for me. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like they were done too soon, and they 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 were done at a time in which, uh, like, the first movie did real well, really well, and then it's just like, okay, we have to pump out this these sequels and it was at a point in which movies just love to pump out sequels yeah. uh to get as much money as possible and now they have sort of realized that that is not necessary at least they did in 2010 so that's the standalone that came out so now they're sort of falling into the same trap here because the last one while good to okay didn't have the same feeling as the 2010 or 2022 movies. So the the Scream franchise is probably in a lot of trouble. So did you hear that the Sam, the the actress yeah. who portrays Sam got fired yeah. by Spyglass? Yes. And not only that, Jenny Ortega apparently walked out over um contract disputes over what she's yeah, being Apparently, it's also because, like, what came out was that she wanted to to have a lighter schedule due to Wednesday. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, it's it, she said that she said that to the to the movie studio before the whole Sam news came out. Mm-hmm. But sort of a bad timing, I guess. And not uh, only that, it, so like the sixth movie. Um, Sydney Prescott's character didn't come back because of a, another contract just contract between speech. Campbell yeah. and Spyglass, so they have no main actress. <laughs> uh, I uh, I think they're in trouble. I think they will get Campbell back because now they have to do what they didn't want to do prior, and they will have to they're dump gonna have- a whole. They're gonna have to dump a load of money on our backyard to get her to come back. Yes, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's stocks that they want Dempsey as well back, who ap- who appeared in like the third movie, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and who was his who's her husband in the movies. Uh, but I think what they really messed up is that they they spent the last two movies building up the characters that would take charge of the next generation of Scream. And now they now sort of gone. just threw there in the garbage. Yeah, so yeah. they have effectively spent two movies building and here's nothing. The thing. Here's the thing. They set them up really, really good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like... I mean, 
while the last movie wasn't as good as the 2022 movie, it was still a pretty good movie, and he really didn't miss. Um, I th- see. I, I the girl who I not remember why the 2022 me. movie gets viewed higher, but I think I think they did a really good job setting up setting up Sam and Tara and the two twins in the future. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I I think they did. It's just like. I I like the 2022 better. So it's not like the 2023 movie isn't good. I think it's better than the second Scream movie. And I guess I would say it's the fourth best movie from Scream. It's between that and the third movie, which I didn't hate. Um, But it's it's tough right now because now you just have to go back to the whole Sydney thing. And and you don't have Gale or Dewey. Uh, Okay, you sort of have Gale. They... Uh, I, I was under the impression she would be out as well. No. But no. now they, I they think... They didn't explicitly take her out in the last movie. Yeah. Um, but now I just think you have to, to turn to something else. And I'm You're 99% sure it's going to of... be the the guy who... Some people assume he didn't die in the first movie. Who I never remember his name. But it's the guy who played Scooby-Doo. Uh, the Stu. the guy who played Stu, yeah, yeah, Stu, exactly. I never remember if it's Stuart. I always think it's Stuart. But yeah, but uh, here... I gotta believe that's the guy coming back. But here's the weird thing: so you have the twins. Do you keep the twins because you have the twins tied to Randy, who was an original character? Nah, you have to. You have to keep the twins. You have to keep the twins. Okay, so what do you do then? Do you make one of Sydney's kids the? The the main at that point. Oh, that would. Because I guess you... that works, but it's like, is it really what they have to go after? It it's, seems it's like weird. the most logical choice because they they kind of blew the whole. Because here's what I think. Here's what I think they were going to get to with Sam. I think. Over the course of the two movies, Sam kind of more quickly accepted, like, the Billy Loomis side of her bloodline. I think eventually we were going to see Sam turn into Ghostface. Okay, then that that allows you to do something here. Because then it allows... If said the... the, That said, Sam's not coming back! Yeah, but like, if the plan for next movie was to take out Sam and just leave Tara. Yeah. Okay, then you can do something similar here in which you introduce two new characters, but now you need the star power here. But you introduce two new characters from the same school, related somehow, and then one of them is the ghost face. And then that gets eliminated, and then you keep your core, your new core tree, as you would have kept with Tara. Now, does the, the actor or actress have the same pool as Jenna Ortega, who was on fire with Wednesday and all of that? I am not so sure. But yeah, uh, I, I think the best option is just reboot this whole thing. That's just me. I'm not sure if you can reboot it, though. You have to. <laughs> uh, but it's hard to reboot because. I don't think you would ever... They set it up so well, yes, I know, but... And 
something on screen. It's just the continuity of it. So it's just like you never know who's the new character that's coming out. And I think that's that's one of the appeal of the new movies before this whole thing happened was Will Stu come back? And I saw plenty of that uh, prior to this last movie. Will Stu come back? So that's those little nuances and um, the continuity aspect of it. I think that's one of the appealing sides of Scream. And if you reboot it, that's going to be hard to bring the, the, the old fan base back. Especially if it goes poorly. <laughs> It's like the. It's kind of. It's kind of rough. What they did is kind of to themselves, in a way, is kind of rough because the the scream movies that they rebooted, like they succeeded. They they made a lot more profit than they were projected. So, so you have a Hollywood who is obsessed with sequels now, and you finally found one that is successful, and then you lost your main two characters. That's that's just rough. That's just rough. Like that's just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, we'll see what happens here. We started with fantasy football <laughs> and we finish on screen movie. Perfect. I mean, that's the the third one was projected to come out in 2025. If they actually do put out a movie in 2025, I don't care what they do. I'm going to watch it. So, <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. It's my girlfriend's favorite horror movie. That are yeah. Halloween. Quite honestly, I think I think of all the major like horror franchises, I think it's I think it's done the best. Yeah. Because, for example, you had the sequel, and the sequel did pretty well and had pretty good reviews still. And if you watch, for example, Halloween, who, in my opinion, had a better uh, movie when it came out in 2018. I'm pretty sure it's 2018. The uh, the 2018 Halloween movie, to me, is better than the 2022 Scream movie. I don't know if I can say Or 2020. Yeah, but then the, the sequels... Like Halloween took a dive, and it's like it's pretty terrible. While Scream managed to stay afloat, and I've been saying 2022, but I'm not sure if it's 2022 or 2021 because I'm just remembering that it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie came out in January. This the later one, wasn't it? It was like early in this year or something. But I hope people understand what I'm saying. I haven't been mentioning the names. Okay, yeah, it was 2022-2023. The movie just came out super early this year. Yeah. We shall see what they do next. It's like... They are on this... uh, Oh, you also have the... um, We've been forgetting it. You also have the the girl that came back from the fourth movie. The blonde girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kirby. Kirby. You also have that one coming back. So you sort maybe of... She, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe she could transition to the final. But I don't know. Or maybe she can a... translate to transition to the Cindy role. Because now she has survived to, to ghost faces. 
mean, yeah, I guess that's true. And she was the girlfriend of the the fourth movies. One of the fourth movies, Ghost Faces, because there were two in that one. So yeah, we shall see what they do. And <laughs> we have to start a, a movie podcast sometime soon, I guess. <laughs> to entertain the masses. They want to hear us talk about movies. Honestly, we could probably do it on the YouTube. Like, I, I've been trying to figure out what to do with the YouTube. But if you ever want to talk about movies, then screw it. We can record, like, a small bit and then put it on YouTube. Yeah. I, I watch a ton of movies. Like, <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned that before. Oh, the other day we watched the, the one that you were talking about in the other show. The It's a Wonderful Knife. Yeah, it's a wonderful knife. I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of whatever. It's like it's mid. a cheesy horror movie. But it serves a purpose because it's it's a holidays horror movie. So serves fills a gap that there's that there there exists in the genre of horror. So I mean it was entertaining to a point. Uh one thing that I didn't like is that they revealed the killer like right at the start so it's more of a okay i know who you are uh type of movie and i usually prefer the the suspense of not knowing who the killer is but yeah it wasn't terrible wasn't good either <sighs> we'll have to fi- we'll have to plan something out but I think I think we've gone on long enough. You start for yeah. the fantasy talk, you end for the screen talk. We did for sure. <laughs> okay, pretty. Have anything else to add? Do I start the outro? Yep, start the outro, buddy. Okay, guys. As Angelou usually says, there's a fancy, nice little, little donate button there that you can you can just step on and help us out. If you're listening on podcast app or the Spotify app, just subscribe. Give us a five-star review, as always. Nothing lower than that. And turn on the auto-download. That, help, that helps as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, leave a like, leave a comment, and tor- turn the notifications on. And have a very nice last week of fantasy football and may the fantasy gods be with you because I know they won't be with with Alex. They're not with Alex. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. See you next week. See you next week.